Hey y'all, I'm Elliot Hall, and welcome to another episode of The Journey to St. Andrews. This is episode three, and uh, I'm pretty excited about this one because i got a lot to catch up on, but also I'm not doing this one late at night. I'm actually doing this on a nice Sunday afternoon and uh, sitting in my office. It's been a great weekend uh, with the wife and kid, so taking a little time to do another podcast. And we have plenty to catch up on this week. Uh, the last one I did was nearly two weeks ago, and I actually talked about how I was going to be playing at Ford's Field and River. I was actually saying Ford's Field and Stream. I guess it's just the magazine. I couldn't uh, keep that out of my head. So with that being said, I've also got to play uh, Santa Rosa Beach uh, and Golf Resort down in Santa Rosa, Florida. Uh, another beautiful course. And I also wanted to talk a little bit about the uh, lesson I took uh, here uh, last Friday, so we will dive into all of that right now. So last week I went and took another lesson, and I've actually been taking a few lessons uh, for throughout the past few months. And if you are thinking about getting lessons or improving your golf game, I would highly recommend it. And of course, you know, there are people that can afford uh, hundreds of dollars a lesson. Um, and uh, super customization uh, and hours a week uh, for lessons. I'm not one of those people. Uh, I have gotten uh, a few lessons and I'm investing in a few lessons, but also I um, also remember using YouTube uh, just for learning course management and a few little tips and tricks and stuff like that. So I'm just saying there are lessons for uh, every budget, I guess is what I'm trying to say and how much you really want to spend on, on improving your golf game. I, uh, after improving it a bit on my own and really just getting better and understanding, uh, learning that I wanted to be better at golf and understanding how I could become better, that's when I was like, okay, let's, uh, let's get some uh, formal lessons. And I w did learn stuff from watching people online. The problem is, is at least for me, with watching YouTube clips and videos like that, it was just all over the place. You're not learning from one specific person. You're not getting the same drills. They don't know your swing. So I would say if you're going to do like lessons online, I would just find one person that you like uh, who's you know coaching on, you know, particular, on your particular swing and stuff like that. One person you like, and I would just stick with them. Also, there's lessons you can find uh, online too that are like a you know package deal and stuff. So it can be done that way, especially if you're probably either a better golfer and just trying to improve one area, or if you are like me, a high handicapper, and you really just need to work on some of the fundamentals at least at first. So uh, that is definitely uh, the cheaper way to do it. Also, if you're doing lessons uh, or self-taught lessons, more or less with uh, just online courses. We all have phones now. Set it up and film yourself. Uh, film yourself and really know what your swing looks like. Um, I'm just getting to the point myself where I can actually kind of feel my swing and know what I did uh, to either hit the ball well or completely mess it up. Um, still not great, uh, but I am starting to learn that, and uh, I wouldn't have been able to do that if I hadn't actually seen myself uh, uh, being filmed and recorded on my swing. So uh, just some tips there on that. And then, of course, if uh, if you want to invest in some lessons, that's what I'm doing uh, a couple times a month. Um, and I decided to take uh, lessons at the Bobby Jones Golf Course 
here in Atlanta, and I'm working with the Course Pro there, Jason, and uh, he's been great. So, of course, the first you know few lessons were all the fundamentals. He figured out where my swing was at, what I needed to improve on. Uh, he gave me a few band-aids, uh, quick fixes that I could use just when playing, uh, although those were not the long-term goals. Uh, some I still use from time to time uh, if my <laughs> shot's getting uh, a little crazy during a round, and then others I've moved on from, and like I'm saying, I'm actually learning and feeling what a good shot should, you know, you know, a well-struck shot should feel like. Um, and one of the quickest things, though, um, that I did and uh, that I'm sure others need to do is, is work on your grip, uh, swinging from the inside, and then following through on the ball properly. Uh, those three things have been fundamental, and I didn't do that in one lesson. I didn't do that in one time out. It is a constant, uh, constant improvement where you'll be good at it for a little while, and then you'll forget it, uh, and then you'll go, oh, yep, I forgot about that, and you'll come back around to it. And that's what I'm seeing myself do. So I have always, um, always hit the ball uh, right um, my entire life. So one of the first things do I was taught to do was just completely overcorrect. I mean, I'm lining up my club face where it looks like it's it's completely pulling, uh, you know, to the left side, and I'm striking the ball thinking that like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna dig up the dirt the way I have this thing so correct. And this was my first lesson, but uh, what I found is is even though that you set up that way, since I already tended to open my club face open. I would still do that, but since it was so overcorrected, it would open up to a more appropriate uh, um, path to, to hit the ball. And that's what is also like learning um, from you know a professional or from lessons. And like you know, you've got to get out there and practice it and see that oh wow, even though I you know completely have a tight grip and, and turn my club face way in, when I'm coming through the ball at full speed. I'm still going to open it up just like I've always done. So it's really just correct, overcorrect, correct, overcorrect. You're, you're just kind of moving this needle between left to right uh, until you more often than not hit that, that, that sweet spot that you're trying to go for. Also, uh, I'm always, I used to come down over the top of the ball all the time, and that's what I was talking about with filming yourself, is if you film yourself, you can see it clear as day. Um, it doesn't feel like it, and it has taken me... Uh, a lot of just accepting it because it does not feel like a natural swing for me to come in uh, from under uh, and and in on the ball. So that is once again, it's just repetition until the muscle memory starts to take over and something else feels uh, you know uh, incorrect when you're not doing it the the new proper way. Um, and I get it. Like I did this for. 20 years of, of my game like some of this stuff does not feel natural at all but you do it enough you start to see that you do have a little bit of control over the ball um i wish i had the control to always hit the green uh you know 60 yards out but i do have enough control of the ball to at least go if i want to make this ball go very far left or very far right i normally can do that and so now it's just knowing that you can do that bringing it into the uh center and um a lot of that was grip and swinging from the inside on the ball and then following through uh, not flipping your wrists just letting your letting your whole body turn and move with the club as you follow through on the ball and a lot of these things that have really helped is some of the drills and um, 
there's different drills you can do. Um, I would highly recommend just getting a, uh, a golf uh, training rod and putting it in your bag. You can use it at the driving range for like five bucks on Amazon. And those drills, we'll get into those more later, but essentially you can do drills to help this unnatural feeling swing, which is the correct way uh, to swing, at least for me. Uh, it just, if you hit this rod, you haven't swung correctly. So there's different ways to set it up. Um, and, and use it along with the clubs to improve your game and just a, a real-time reminder of when you hit this rod, that's incorrect. So, anyways, that's where I've been at with my lessons. So a lot of drills, and some of these drills, like I keep a golf club in my uh, uh, house um, and uh, one of the golf rods, and I will take practice swings just very lightly because it's really, like I'm saying, it's that muscle memory. If you only get out and swing the club every two weeks or once a month, you're not going to remember that thing you did in a lesson. So if you're going to do, if you, especially if you're going to invest in the lessons, use them, get better. Don't just take it and think, oh, I'm going to be great now. And who knows, maybe you will if you are. Uh, screw you. Um, for a lot of us, it's uh, much harder to get there. Uh, but no, I'm just kidding. Um, that's awesome. You know, keep improving your game. But uh, for those of us who can't just go take a couple lessons and um, be uh, uh, <laughs> mid-handicappers, low-handicappers, uh, it takes uh, much more work, like with anything. And golf is a very hard game, as uh, um, we all know. And as I was brutally reminded of during one of the 18-hole uh, rounds I played uh, recently, which we'll talk about. So the last thing, though, is um, back kind of back to the video, but also including the data, is it's so important to be able to see yourself and actually learn what your swing looks like. But then um, most people taking lessons with uh, golf pros, they will, I mean, now with your iPhone and with the, uh, the um, more less expensive tracker of all trackers and then also the very expensive ones, or even if you've been to like a Top Golf um, and other uh, golf simulators, you can get a lot of data on yourself and i would highly recommend going and learning some of the data it will show you how open your club face is what your um if you're coming in or over the ball and everything in between it's going to give you more data than you need but some of that data is very important to use in correlation with the video to realize why you're doing it it's it's black and white you go oh i hit that right and then you look and you go oh that's because my club face was open and that data tells you what it is. So can't recommend that enough. Um, we will have more. Uh, as I learn more, I will have more practices and I'll dive into more of the lessons. That's This, this episode is really just catching you up on what I've been learning, the, the core basics and fundamentals right now. So with all that being said, let's dive into the courses that I have recently played. I uh, keep my scorecards. I've told myself I'm going to be very honest on this uh video and sharing with y'all how I did um, on the good days and bad days. Um, I am I am very strict on myself. I, uh, um, I'm, I'm not a 10-footer uh, gimme, um, you know, weekend warrior golfer by any means. I uh, follow the rules uh, of golf pretty strictly. So what I'm telling y'all is... Um, is a pretty honest uh every now and then you know you'll you'll lose a ball and yeah you'll just uh you'll take a drop and take a stroke uh it, that happens um but for the most part uh, i unless i'm within you know half a putter um length uh, and it's always somebody else uh allowing me the gimme then um the, this is 
pretty pretty on point with uh, my scores, just uh, so y'all know going forward. So I got to play two different 18-hole rounds um, uh, since we've recorded this last, so once each week, uh, which I try to play once a week now. Uh, don't always do it, but anyways. The first one, like I talked about in the last episode, was at Ford, River, and Field. Um, <laughs> like I said, again, I've been calling it Ford, uh, Field, and Stream, uh, just... Uh, Growing up in the South, you see uh, see that magazine all the time. So that's, uh, I guess, just stuck in my head. But Ford, River, and Field, and it was a beautiful course. I mean, this place is immaculate. It's a whole club down there. Uh, this was actually built um, by uh, Henry Ford, and um, it was one of their vacation homes. Everybody knows Henry Ford, created a, you know, Ford Motor Vehicles, a uh, very interesting guy uh, in and of himself, uh, the history behind that and how he did all that. But anyways, uh, he created this uh, sprawling like 2,000 um, acre uh, estate um, that is now a like country club. It's got uh, rivers, lakes, equestrian, and of course a uh, beautiful um, uh, golf course. And it's actually a pretty interesting golf course because the Front nine and back nine are very different from each other. The uh, the back nine is more of like a links course, uh, which on a windy day could have been much more difficult. Fortunately for us, uh, it wasn't too windy. We did get a little bit of rain on a couple of holes, but not bad. But kind of getting ahead of myself, um, we were there because the uh, it was the Georgia Open, um, and we actually the Georgia Open was on Thursday through Sunday. Um, but we were there on Wednesday, which was a pro-am. It allowed the pros to get in a uh, practice round and then allowed uh, various amateurs to go out and play. I uh, was one of the lucky people to get to play, and uh, I actually played with uh, some business associates of mine and uh, our, our distributors in Savannah for uh, the brewery. Um, a couple of them came out and played with us. Also, our sales director, uh, Tyler, my dad, my uh, brother, uh, Josh, and... Uh, um, it was a it was a great day. Um, we all had a good time, and since it was on the Wednesday, it was a shamble uh, style tournament. So we all hit a tee shot, and then we all got to hit from the uh, the best ball of the tee shot. So uh, the second shot, we all got to hit from you know that best shot, and then after that, you played your own ball. So really, I can't say what I absolutely shot on that. I can say that I did play pretty well. It was hard to keep score with that sort of play style. I tried it first and I was like, no, this is, this is impossible. How do I even, you know, sometimes we, a few times we used my shot, but uh, my dad and my brother uh, were part of the uh, group I was in and they're substantially better than me at golf. And so most of the time we used theirs, I think we might've used mine uh, a couple of times. Um, but I did play pretty well um, overall, and and that's the neat thing about like what I'm saying with these lessons. So the lessons it allows me to tell. I still hit bad shots. I hit bad shots all the time, but sometimes those bad shots are not uh, poor form bad shots. They're just oh wow, I overshot the green. Yeah, that's going to cost me a stroke or two. But I did that because now I'm hitting my seven iron. 170 yards instead of the 135 I used to hit it. So. And I can feel it. I can tell which was a bad shot. Now, I'll still top the ball and roll it 20 yards in front of me um, as well, but that's an obvious bad shot. So, all that to be said, I did play pretty well. Unfortunately, I did lose my uh, 
my drive off the off the tee um, after about six holes. I was doing very well, um, finding the fairway, putting it out there really well in play, and then around the sixth or seventh hole. I just started losing it, so luckily we were playing a, a shamble. But I did find it on the back nine, uh, find it again on the back nine, uh, kind of slowed down, thought about some of the things I was doing, and uh, yeah, so that all worked out well. Putted pretty well that day too. I was able to track you know my own putts uh, for the most part, except on par threes, um, and then. It just turned out to be a great day. It was a lot of people out there. We all had a good time, and uh, just uh, an awesome, awesome day. Uh, anytime you get to get out with family and uh, friends and play golf, it's it's a good time. And it was actually our friends at the uh, the PGA Georgia section uh, um, that set it up for us. Thanks everybody there, uh, Scott included. And um, it's been really fun partnering up with them uh with our beer calamity jane um at firemaker so like i mentioned before um in the first episode i believe that is the official uh beer of the uh, pga georgia section and so uh, we bring our beer out to these tournaments and these events so i actually got to drink calamity jane on this beautiful course and it was just a an awesome day and then afterwards we got to see the uh, uh the, the estate that was out there. And then, since it's in Savannah, we or Richmond Hill, just outside of Savannah, we were staying in Savannah, so we got to go back to Savannah and hang out down there, which I uh, love that city. I, I went to school not too far from there at Georgia Southern University, so I'm very familiar with Savannah. And being able to drink our, our beer down there, um, including Calamity Jane, is, uh, is just really special, uh, considering I used to drink a lot of... Uh, a lot of other beer down there back in college. So, um, if you get a chance to play uh, Forward Field, I would highly recommend going out there. Uh, say yes, figure it out, reschedule meetings, uh, work it out, go. It's a very unique course on a beautiful property and in a great town. So, that was the first course. And then the second was Santa Rosa Beach and Golf Club in. Surprise, surprise, Santa Rosa, Florida. So we had a uh, family beach trip kind of planned right around the same time, and I was able to just tack this into our business trip to go down to Savannah, and then my wife met up with me, and we went down to uh, Santa Rosa Beach and uh, met up with uh, my sister and, and her family down there, and my, my dad and my mom came as well. So nice family trip. That allowed us to go and play some more golf. Uh, me and uh, my brother-in-law and uh, my dad all went and played at the uh, Santa Rosa Club. And it was one of the hottest days of the year. The heat index down there was 116 degrees. We got started right at about 9.30. So by uh, 11 o'clock noon, it was it was on fire down there. Beautiful day. Uh, not a cloud in sight, but it was very hot, not a lot of wind, uh, which was surprising since it's, you know, right on the coast um, for sure. But great course, but very difficult if you are a high handicapper like me. Uh, tight, tight fairways and uh, plenty of opportunities to get in trouble. And then you throw in the fact that I had never played it before. Um, really starting to learn that uh, your handicap on the course you play regularly regularly is not uh, going to be anything close to playing on a new course and especially one that is uh, more difficult uh, than you are used to. So just keep that in mind if you're on your own golf journey and uh, that 
it will uh, you'll shoot way above what you've been shooting, and it will kick you in the groin and make you feel awful. I shot a 107, and at the end of uh, some of the holes, it definitely felt like someone was trying to rip my soul from my body and stomp on my heart. I, uh, <laughs> and that is solely uh, me, because I have gotten slightly better, um, especially better than uh, I'm better than I ever have been in my life, and you kind of start to build this confidence that you're going to go out there and shoot what you're used to, and that's just not the case. And sitting here at my desk, it's easy for me to go, hey, it's uh, all the mental game. Make sure you leave it behind. It is much more difficult uh, when you are out there uh, losing your sixth ball on uh, like the 14th hole and uh, two on the same hole. Yeah, it's it's pretty difficult. Um, uh, to, to, to remember, remember to stay calm and it's all just a game uh, especially when you're really trying to play to uh, uh, get better so if that's you if you're if in that if you're in that uh, uh, scenario or, or or you have been recently I feel you it sucks uh, you just keep working on it and then you come back and you uh, make a whole podcast about complaining about it and hopefully it will make you treat it a little bit lighter the next time you're out I, uh, I I do have one thing that I am pretty proud of, though, is on a very tough course um, that I've never played. Uh, extreme heat. I did only shoot a, uh, a one gentleman's triple, which used to be my measure in general for a good golf game. If you're not familiar with a gentleman's triple, it is a uh, just a term me and uh, some friends came up with. That means that on the scorecard, you can't get higher than a triple bogey. Uh, but what I do is I uh, I put a little asterisk next to any triple bogey that was a uh, uh, 8, 9, 10, or I picked it up because I was just done with that hole. So a gentleman's triple is that. It's when uh, you're just being uh, nice to uh, your teammate or yourself to move on from a otherwise awful hole and hopefully forget it before you get to the next one. But... Even that being said, I haven't had a gentleman's triple in a while. I did get one, but I was flirting with a second one uh, on the back nine and had to make like a 14-foot putt to avoid it. So I thought I was going to get two, um, one on the front and one on the back, but I was able to uh, just barely dodge dodge that. Or uh, as uh, I've heard said before, you know, uh, whipped cream on dog shit. So... Uh, if you get a chance to play the Santa Rosa Beach uh, and golf club, uh, golf course, definitely go. It is beautiful. Uh, Santa Rosa itself is a beautiful town in Florida. And I really want to go back because I say it's hard for a high handicapper. It is. But it's hard and challenging. And it, when you're playing it, you immediately realize like, oh, if I could go back and play that hole again or if I, if I could play the, the front nine again... I know I do so much better, and uh, it, it's a it's an amazing course, and uh, do not miss an opportunity to play it if you get a chance to. Um, and also, um, I did shoot a 107, uh, which <laughs> I've not shot that high in a while, but I think I guess I was learning that course because I actually shot the 50, 57 on the front nine, but then at least on the back nine, I kind of got it together and got it down to a 50. So at least not breaking 110, uh, which I have not done in a very long time and hope to not do. But 
hey, that is life. There are going to be uh, bad days and good days. And that's the way life is. That's the way business is. And that's the way golf absolutely is. But you keep practicing at it. Everything seems to get a little bit easier and you get a little bit wiser with each each day. So that is um, pretty much it for the episode. I am uh, very excited uh, about getting to three three episodes. I hope to make many more. I plan on documenting this all the way up to St. Andrews, as you can tell. I've got a lot to work on, but I'm going to keep the lessons going as much as I can and uh, just getting out and practicing and playing more. And I'm actually going to be playing uh, again this week, so I will update y'all on that. As always, thank you very much for listening. And oh, um, I do have uh, an Instagram account if you want to follow me there. I post about golf and the brewery. Uh, it's Elliot P. Hall, at Elliot P. Hall, two L's, two T's, uh, P-H-A-L-L. So if you want to follow me there, you can. Also, um, I was reading that I should be telling you all to subscribe to this podcast so you can stay up to date and follow the entire journey with me to St. Andrews. If you want to stay up to date. I will be posting these weekly. Uh, Yeah, just subscribe. Thanks. As always, I am Elliot Hall. Have a good day, y'all.